0: The year is 2020. Wasteland and Field of Ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astro Lab. Oh man, now we're recording. All
1: this, Feels weird. All this right? dust is flying.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was stuff that happened and things. And hey, whoa, wait a minute. We're, we need to start. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast that everyone seems to want to ban. And well, we're back. Uh, and yeah. I am one of your co-hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. And he's like licking his lips and looking kind of funny at me. Joe, I don't know what's going on here.
1: Joe, Joe, is that you? Dear God! It's been eighty-four <laughs> years, Joe.
0: Oh God! Please don't. Where have you been? <laughs> it's been, a, it's been uh, a long time. Batu. Right? I was on Batu. <laughs> no, what's going on? Man? I, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to yeah, go back to Batu. Like,
1: Man, just some of the pictures you, you showed about vacation, which I'm sure you'll we'll get to here in a minute. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. And then my wallet is like, oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, Ain't that the cool, truth. But, yeah, man, it's been a while. I mean, hell, we had uh, a, a new Magic set release between the time we last talked and now. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, we um, didn't really even get a chance to do, like, a set review or anything like that because I was on vacation. Yeah. So. Um,
1: but, man, uh, baseball season is wrapping up. The Reds were unfortunately eliminated from their playoff chase because the hate lewis bleeping Cardinals have won 17 games in a bleeping row. And um, yeah, I can I can be <laughs> mad and disappointed at the same time. Um, you could be but, mad but, but, and disappointed. But see, here's the thing: like, sure, the Reds squandered opportunities, but it also took a division rival to win 17 fucking games in a row to leapfrog them. So, both things can be true uh, in, in that regard. Um,
0: there are lots of things that can be true. That's true.
1: Uh, last <laughs> night, went to see Transformers the movie out at out The Real. Uh, That I think that just needs to be a yearly tradition around this time every year. Just put that. Fathom Events just needs to roll that out for fans to go <laughs> check out. Cause, I mean, just watching that in the theater and finding all the plot, plot holes as an adult. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it's the greatest rock <laughs> opera i'm sorry uh i don't make the rules it's just it's what they are um, it's so toyetic right exactly <laughs> um,
0: for the for those who don't know what toyetic means it's a it's a property of a of a television series or a movie that is solely designed to sell toys and that's 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 that movie to a t they were like we got new toys coming out we're gonna kill optimus prime right and we're going to replace him with new toys. Well, and you're all going to buy the new toys. And everybody was like, why did you
1: kill Optimus? Right? Like, <laughs> what's crazy you is that if you, if you go back and look at the history of the development of that movie, before the cartoons were even put <clears throat> on television, there was already development, as far as an early script, of the movie. So they were already mm-hmm. planning on killing off this line of characters that they are about to roll out to the world, so you could just... Keep the keep the train going, and don't get me wrong. Like the that that was the eighties. They, they were like that. They were, feed no the beast, right? And and that's kind of what magic's doing now. They're feeding the beast. We're pl- feed
0: the we're beast. We're plane hopping.
1: Although I will admit, what's cool about Innistron Crimson Vow, when the next standard set comes out, we're still on the same fucking plane. <laughs> like we're, uh, uh, we're
0: not leaving. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. But yeah. anyways, um... yeah.
1: What, what's going on with you, man? Like you. you done a lot of stuff let the folks know. yeah
0: we're really busy so uh we were gone for about two weeks uh in general just in florida uh so that was our vacation uh our big vacation and um, it was nice we spent a lot of time swimming and swimming and swimming <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daughter is a fish so yeah she likes to <laughs> swim a lot so we we did swim quite a bit uh, while we were there. I mean, it was Florida; you kind of have to, and it's kind of nice. Right. Uh, we did go to the beach at least once uh, while we were down there, so that was kind of nice. Uh, we went to Cocoa Beach, and uh, that was cool. Uh, the tide was a little choppy when we were out there because uh, I guess so, still some uh, kickback from one of like the tropical storms or whatever. Uh, hitting the tide a little bit, so it was a little choppy out there. So yeah,
1: we're near the end of uh, Hurricane Tropical Storm. So yeah,
0: like or something. yeah. So, um, but uh, we did hit some parks uh, while we were there. Uh, my wife and I did Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, okay. uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, I got to give them props for a lot of their ride experiences at that park. They um, they certainly have some very very strong rides at at even at the main park we didn't so horror nights is only at the main universal studios park so we didn't get to go to the other side of the park uh which is their other which is the island of adventure park which is the one that my wife really wanted to go to uh because that has the um the jurassic world section uh and that has the velocicoaster Mm. and we were kind of looking forward to trying to see if we could do the go see do the velocicoaster but um we did get to do a bunch of other rides while at the during horror nights as well. We didn't do any of the scare zones, uh, like the the scare houses or anything like that, because the lines for them were all just like astronomical, hmm. um, like 60, 70 plus minutes Dang. wait times for the the scare zones for the more popular ones at least. Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> um, like stuff like uh, Haunting of Hill House and like Beetlejuice and stuff like that oh, had a, like yeah. you know super long lines. And uh, so we, we did at least one of the shows, which was pretty cool. And we rode a bunch of the rides. Uh, Revenge of the Mummy is such a cool ride, uh, like super cool. Uh, that's a neat ride. Um, we did the Harry Potter, uh, the Diagon Alley area, which uh, was kind of super neat. Uh, that had um, what is it? Uh, that has the, uh, the Gringotts ride which is kind of cool. That's uh re- it was um kind of neat cuz it's like it's kind of like a roller coaster but kind of like a 3D ride at the same time. Hmm. Uh, which was kind of fun. Uh same thing with the Transformers ride. The Transformers ride is literally just like a kind of like a 3D roller coaster. Wait, is it uh,
1: Bayverse Transformers?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. It's cool though. Right. It's really it's really neat. Uh we um you're you're like being carted along uh, to you know save you know like some like I think like the Allspark or the Cube or something like that, and mm-hmm. they're you're being attacked at, at left and right as you go through by Megatron and like his cronies, and it's it's neat, it's super cool. Like I, I got to give them some real props on the the overall design of the ride. It feels like a neat, neat experience. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I did their actual roller coaster. They have an actual roller coaster there, which is their Rip Rocket, Rip Ride Rocket, mm-hmm. which is neat. Um, most unique loading system I've ever seen on a on a coaster because it just kind of like never stops. Like the like when it gets into the station, like it just it's like one of those like slow moving with like the the moving platform huh. kind of things on each side. It's weird, so. It's a de- unique ride, and it plays music into your, like, uh, seat as you're going on the ride, and you get to choose which music you want to listen to. Like, it has, like, a little panel on the on the ride where you pick, like, which genre of music you want to listen to and what song, whatnot. So that's kind of neat. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun. But, uh, so yeah, we did that. Um, I gotta give props to uh, the food at Hollywood Horror Nights. Like, uh, it was uh, pretty good food. Uh, I had a donut slider, a donut Angus beef slider uh, on donut bun, on a, like a, a small donut bun, mm. and that was, it was like bacon jam on it, and it was like the tastiest thing on the planet, <laughs> it was so good, so, uh, we did that, we did uh, Boobash at Magic Kingdom, uh, which is their after-hours thing, I would not do that ever again. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> this was like the second time we've tried to do something like that there. Oh. And uh, the whole event just seems like it's designed to make you waste time and waste money. Uh, like It's like they designed it that way. Because uh, you don't get in the park until like 7 or so, okay. 6.30, 7 o'clock. And then so you want to say maybe 6, 6.30. You get in there. You have a little bit of time to do some stuff before the fireworks starts at like 8-something. Right. And then you get the rest of the night until 11 to do stuff, We like, you, which includes either, you know, they have trick-or-treat stations for candy. They have free – it comes with like free pop, free popcorn, free ice cream, that sort of thing. Uh, but then like if you want to ride any rides, then you have to wait in line for the rides. Right. And it just feels like it's designed to be like, well, you'll never get everything done, so you have to pick and choose what you want to do. Uh, and so, yeah, we did at least get to ride Pirates of the Caribbean, okay. uh, and, and we did get to ride big Thunder Mountain Railroad. We did not get to ride Jungle Cruise. That made me sad. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite rides. <laughs> I have long enjoyed, uh, the, uh, wonderful pun nature of Jungle Cruise. So, uh, just one of my favorite rides. Uh, and then we spent two days at Hollywood Studios, um, which is most people who know what, are, what, are, what is in Hollywood Studios is uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, sweet, uh, a.k.a. Batuu, um, which is where we spent the brunt of our money. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> we did. We spent a lot of money in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and uh, primarily, uh, most of that was tied up in uh, the two lightsabers that we did, uh, plus two droids. Uh, so there's like six hundred dollars right there. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah. So, but I will give I will say that um, building a lightsaber is a pretty um, pretty magical experience. Honestly, like I'm glad that my father like we were allowed to have like a guest in there. So my father in law it was able to come in with us and like videotape it on his phone. So because it was it was legitimately magical. Like they really really did a good job of the experience aspect of um of building a lightsaber uh so pretty cool i i was i was super happy building a droid is also super fun mm-hmm. uh because like it's kind of hectic you're standing there where there's a conveyor belt and there's parts coming down the conveyor belt and you got to grab the parts that you want to grab that you need for your droid and it, you know it's just like playing a waiting game of oh look that look those legs look good or you know oh that body looks good or you know that sort of thing um I built an R uh, we built two R series units cuz we already have one BB series unit okay. here and the BB units are kind of a pain in the butt uh, to turn on and off and stuff so we just opted for two or more R series units. So the one I built ended up being an R5 unit cuz the head. Okay. Uh so he's cool. Um pretty happy with him. I'm probably going to paint him a little bit. Well
1: hopefully cause... they don't have
0: bad motivators. <laughs> well so the one I got his the top, I, I just got a chuckle out of it when I when I grabbed his head because he's like it's all black, but at the top it's black and it's got like the the circular section on the top of his head is orange, hmm. so it kind of looks like an it kind of looks almost like an orange peel, huh. and I was just like, he's gonna be the citrus droid, nice, and we we're gonna paint him up like an orange peel, and I'm just like, okay, we're doing it. So eventually, soon we'll we'll get around to doing that, but okay. uh, just kind of waiting for a while. Uh we bought. Jeez, we bought so many Kyber crystals for extra Kyber crystals mm-hmm. for our lightsabers. Uh, we bought both the holocrons because uh, the holocrons are needed if you want to listen to the the voices mm-hmm. that come off the crystals. So each crystal has an RFID chip in it, and it hey ha- each one is tied to a specific character. And so you um, put it in the holocron, uh, the the correct holocron, and it will read and it'll play. Uh, like, audio files from that particular character. So you put, like, a, you know, a green in, or whatnot, and you could get, you know, like, Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. you could get Qui-Gon Jinn, you could get, you know, etc., Yoda. You know, I think this is the three big primary ones. Mm -hmm. Um, They were out of both blue and white crystals while we were there, which was kind of upsetting,
1: uh,
0: because white is Ahsoka Tano. uh, So, (laughs) and she's the only one that comes in white. Huh? I thought hers was blue. No. Um, so uh, if you look at her when she uh, she exists in The Mandalorian and in Rebels uh, after Order sixty six and all that stuff, she gains white lightsabers uh, because she's uh, neither Sith nor Jedi. Technically, she's not technically a Jedi. Right. Right. At that time, yeah. So she's kind of in the middle. So she, uh, those the white sabers are intended to kind of reflect that. Okay. Yeah, that it, capability. It's yeah, been so yeah. long
1: since I've seen that episode of Mandalorian. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Double white sabers. Double white sabers, yeah. So, so, yeah, they were out of white white crystals. That was kind of upsetting, but okay. we did um, manage to snag a black crystal out of some of the reds that we bought, which was kind of super sweet. So, black is still red in color mm-hmm. from uh, a blade standpoint, but the um character that it it is is either always Snoke or Palpatine. Uh and uh but they are kind of rare. Uh like rare enough that we've seen them on eBay for like two hundred or dollars. <laughs> that's it. So we're like yeah, but that's okay. like you have to figure you have to figure you spent I think they're really they're like eight bucks. Oh yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so that's like a good that's like a huge up upscale uh, from like yeah eight bucks so that's pretty so, big right so so we bought some of that we bought like um we bought a remote control uh another droid but it was not um an r series or a bb unit they have a remote control um dj rex uh so i don't know if you remember anything about star tours at all the ride, Star Star Tours. Oh no, I've never been on. it. okay. Okay, so Star Tours, the original Star Tours ride, had a uh, a droid character uh, by the name of Rex, and he was your pilot for for the duration of your you know trip or whatnot. When they redid Star Tours, uh, they got rid of Rex. Uh, this was in shoot mid two thousands or whatnot that they redid Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks so like early two thousands
1: Disneyland in eighty seven.
0: Yes, yeah. It was it's been around for a long time. Wow. But they re- they redid it into the early two thousands and they got rid of Rex and they brought in C three PO as your pilot. Mm. whatnot. And so one of the things that they did when they built Batu is in the Cantina, in Ogus Cantina, uh Rex was given new life and he is the DJ that presides over Ogus Cantina. Oh, my. And so, and so, they have a, a DJ Rex, and he moves back and forth and side to side, and his arms he, he twi- his arms twist around, his head goes up and down, uh. But he's also a uh, Bluetooth speaker. Is it so you can play?
1: Is it still Paul Rubens as the voice?
0: Uh, I think so. Oh my god! That's I'm hilarious. pretty sure. Pretty sure. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I just. He, I'm sorry. I
1: just noticed that on the Wikipedia page. I'm like, wait a minute. Pee Wee played a Star Wars character.
0: Yeah. That that's messed up. Uh and it and it's funny because um you know, he um well he was reprogrammed. That's how he became DJ Rex. His uh Mubo at the Druid Depot reprogrammed him uh to be a DJ and then gave him to Ogagara uh for the Cantina uh in Batu. And so but it's cool, like when you're sitting there and you're listening to um you know him and the cantina Mm -hmm. or whatnot you'll hear occasionally hear like lines that came from like the original star tours or whatnot like he'll occasionally say stuff that came from like there's like like when he's about to start a song like or whatever he'll he'll, all of a sudden you'll hear him go he'll be like Lightspeed to endor and you're like (laughs) oh god like this is this is wow that's amazing or, like, there's an occasional period of time where, like, he'll, like, shut down mm-hmm. in the cantina. Like, he'll, like, he'll act like he's, like, malfunctioning. And he'll reboot himself, and it will be like, sorry, folks, it's my first time! <laughs> and oh, that's, like, one of the first things, like, in, like, the original Star Tours is, like, it would always be, like, it was his first time piloting a ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the joke. Awesome. And so, yeah. So, yeah, they they do that. And, yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's neat. The Rex is neat. It's, a uh, a fun uh little uh little easter egg from a, a, a homage to an original ride that has been that they still i mean they still have the ride there obviously but it's obviously the, the newer right. variation of the ride now they did add some stuff to star tours because like last time we did it when we were there we did it a couple times because it changes each time now uh, there's different sequences that occur hmm and they got, they were able to like make it so that you have different sequences that happen. And one of the times we did it, we got I was like, oh, oh, there's Kylo Ren. Like you got Kylo Ren, you know, trying to get come after you. You end up on Jakku, being being t- uh, brought through Jakku by the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, and then you end up on Exegol and helping the final battle against all the all the Sith storm the Star Destroyers from rise of skywalker and then you're basically end up back on batu and it's like oh well that's interesting like that's new like so yeah i was like oh okay cool so yeah they added some stuff for batu uh in there uh so yeah but um that was pretty fun uh smuggler's run is neat uh that was a cool ride the the flying the millennium falcon thing it's hard. <laughs> Very difficult. Um, we were never letting my daughter be a pilot ever again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we definitely racked up the damage. She's so uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was funny, though. Um, but uh, And then, of course, we did get to do Rise of the Resistance both days. We were there, which I was glad we got to do it because um, this last week they took away the virtual queues. Uh, For it, and they went to a standby line for it, and the standby line was, like, on day one, was, like, four hours long. (laughs) Yeah, how about now? um, As you see, they have have their 50th anniversary starting this week, Mm -hmm. and they're going to introduce this whole, you know, like, Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning Lane stuff, this a la carte ride, you know, like, Fast Pass stuff. And so what better way to get people to buy into your FastPass thing than to, you know, introduce a standby line for a popular ride a week early <laughs> and get people frustrated enough to be like, well, I'll just buy the thing when it comes out.
1: And four and, and a half know, hours. So. I mean, is that a line for a Star Wars ride or a line to vote?
0: Right, right. It was crazy. Now, granted, I, I like the virtual queues because mm-hmm. it lets you do other stuff in the park. Uh, like that was kind of the nice thing about it. But, um, it's still, like, it's not a four-hour-long wait ride, per se. Like, it's not good enough to wait that long for it. Right. I'd wait an hour, like, for it, because it's a good ride. Like, it's definitely heads and shoulders above literally every other attraction they have at every one of their parks. that... In terms of...
1: That's my max limit is an hour.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of, like, both, like, presentation... Mm-hmm and um technology aspect it's definitely heads above everything else like it's and uh what's fun is like there's a whole section where like you're in like a star destroyer or whatnot like literally you're standing on the the in a docking bay deck of a star destroyer okay you know you know that whole like where there's like you know the force field yeah you know yeah that shows space there's spaceships flying around. There's a whole row of stormtroopers. <laughs> like, there's rows of stormtroopers just standing there watching you.
1: Yeah, don't worry about them. They'll miss you.
0: Yeah. And, uh but the best part is, is that the cast members that work in that area are all, like, you know, first order officers, you know, and they're all allowed to be a little snarky towards you because they're the bad guys. Right. You know, so they're allowed to be a little snarky towards you. And it's funny because, like, the first time we did it where they're waiting, so they, they take you off the transport shuttle, and and they're going to take you to an interrogation cell to, to interrogate you, (laughs) uh, is where you're being led to, and while you're waiting to go into your interrogation cell, uh, the officer tries to grill you about, you know, where the, where's, where's the resistance, you know, you know, planet-based, you know, at, you know, where's, where's this, how much do you know about their plans, you know, and stuff like that, and, uh we were standing there and the guy's like you know where is the resistance planet base at and, and, and then guy behind us goes alderaan <laughs> <laughs> and the officer just looks at him deadpan and puts his finger up and goes come here and he gets close to the guy and he goes sir do you realize how culturally insensitive that was <laughs> 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 and i was just like oh my god that's just funny i I died of laughter. I was like, oh my God, but you can tell it's definitely immersive because like in our second go, there was like some little kid with his mom and his mom kept having to reassure him that we weren't really getting sent to prison and they weren't really going to torture and interrogate us. Oh, <laughs> no so, yeah. So you really know it's, it feels okay. um, immersive. Like, and it's, it definitely is. It's one of those rides where it's like definitely one of the coolest rides that they've got. I, like, I'll give them that. Like,
1: I just want to dress up as a Sith and go through that and tell them how they all have failed and just make. Yeah, you can't.
0: Yeah, you, you unfortunately can't do that. Why not? Because <laughs> you're not allowed. Why not? You can't. You can't dress up in the Wait, uh, in you Batu. You
1: can't dress up in Star Wars gear going through the Star Wars. Ride. You
0: can't. You can buy. You can wear the official Jedi robes that they sell you can't, whatnot, you can't but dress you can't, up but, in
1: your own gear.
0: No, because somebody who, who another guest might per consi- might think you are a performer or a a cast member.
1: But if you wear their official stuff that they have for sale or for sale, won't they think that anyway? I mean, we're talking no, about no, people that, that look like No,
0: because it you no, know, because it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's thumbs, pretty obvious yeah that's it. now 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 scott when you go and stay at the expensive star wars hotel Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that at staying at the expensive star wars hotel and you can do that into galaxy's edge with your tour group that goes to batu but that's because i have a feeling what's going to happen there yeah and this is just my thought is that they're going to have a time period blocked off where Batu will be closed to the public besides the people that are there from the hotel. And so that it will not matter. Because that was the thing we were wondering. We were kind th- to think, how are they going to do that if they don't al- technically allow you to do it in the first place? Right. How are they going to allow the people who come from, well, that's easy, just close Batu. Right to the people that are except for the to the people because they also had they also get a special ride experience for rise of resistance for that so they've already got that place built you can't really see it it's like literally like it's not like anything fancy i'm gonna tell you that right now it's not a fancy thing like it's literally like a building like it's like all there is to it like it's just a building like and honestly i think probably most of it's probably underground because that way you don't see, because you're it's like a cabin, it's like a it's like you're in like a cruise cabin, like it's right. You're not gonna be able to see out of or <laughs> your room.
1: Plus, if all the equipment that runs the special effects are all essentially above ground, they'll be easier to access. So, if all the ride right. attraction is below ground, like well, right I'm talking about the hotel.
0: I'm oh, talking about the hotel. Okay. Like the hotel is apparently built, from what I understand. Yeah. Like, but, like, if you were to, like, look at what we... Th- we pass by the area we think it, it where it's at, mm-hmm. per se. And, yeah, it's literally, like, uh, just a building. Huh. Like, it's it's just a nondescript building. It doesn't look like anything fancy. Uh, well, then, so... obviously,
1: that's where the Resistance is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, they... Uh, but uh, other than that, like... Batu's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta give them credit for a lot of like the detail-oriented mm-hmm. stuff uh, that they do. Uh, so like, just a very, very detailed place. Like, there's like all sorts of little mini, mini Easter eggs hidden around the park, that section of the park, and uh, you're just kind of like, it's fun to just explore and just look around at stuff. Um, so they do have like. The marketplace is kind of cool. They have like the creature stall. It's got like all the little like plushies and the creatures and stuff like that. Uh, we did walk away with loft cats, so we bought we bought technically three loft cats because we bought one for a friend, uh, but we bought one for my daughter and one for my wife. She wanted one. Uh, they're kind of cool because they when you push down on their like their legs, they their mouth opens and they growl, and you can pet them and they purr. and it's yeah it's it's cool like it's it's really neat um but so we bought some stuff from there uh we bought a game of we bought a Sabak game uh to play so that's kind of fun uh we bought sporks uh they have special sporks uh that are from docking bay 7 okay that you buy with your with your meal they're like ten dollars you can only buy them one, 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 one with each meal, huh. or whatnot. And so we bought two two sporks uh, to have because they're like decorative, uh, and they're like very special looking th- uh, things. They used to give them away for free, I guess, and then people would just like uh, just snatch them up, and then resell them on eBay. So they w- switched to charging for them, right?
1: Which <laughs> still probably sell on eBay, So,
0: yeah, yeah probably. Uh, we did get bar coasters. Uh, from Oga's Cantina, uh, because we got really lucky. Uh, so the Thursday we were down there was my wife and I's 15 year wedding anniversary. Uh, so we built lightsabers together. Oh. That whole thing, yeah, it was kind of fun. And um, but one of the things we've been trying to do for that entire since since we bought the tickets and since we were able to start making reservations for dining and stuff like that, we have been trying to get we were, have been trying to get into Oga's. Oga's is a very popular place. And the reason I understand why now is, is we were trying to get in for all five of us. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of hard because the amount of seating space that they have is very limited. Uh, It's like a 90% standing place Oh, uh, because it's a bar. It's essentially a bar. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're standing at a bar, uh, which is like, okay, that makes sense. Like they have some booths, but they're around like the, the walls of the cantina they're not very big, you know, that sort of thing. So like that night, like we were getting pictures, uh, we were get we were, cause it's right over there by where the millennium Falcon is. So we were getting pictures in front of the Falcon from the photo pass people. And we were like, I walked over and I asked the guy, I said, do you know, if it's like, let me ask you this. Like we've been trying to get reservations to get in here for a while now. And we haven't been able to find any. All I really want some bar coasters. This is my 15-year wedding anniversary. Can you help me out? And the guy was like, go talk to the other lady that's got the iPad. See if she can get you in for, like, a little bit. And if she can't get you in, come back to me. I will go ask about the bar coasters. I said, okay, cool. I walk over. She's like, I can get you in in 30 minutes for two. I was like, sold. Like, get us in. <laughs> so once we were in there, we had, you know, some drinks. And we were talking to our bartender and I said, could we, do you think we could get some extra bar coasters? And she's like, I was like, uh, like, how many do you need? I said, well, I said, well, I said, we're planning on putting together at our new house uh, kind of a cantina bar kind of thing. Like, that's that's something that's been on our kind of our plans. We're going to put together this kind of a cool looking like little cantina bar thing.
1: Right.
0: And we wanted the coasters for the cantina bar because they're like nice. There's like there, there's like those nice big, uh, like not super thick but not super thin right? Uh, car- cardboard bar coasters. And they're like collectri- collector collectible. Like there's like five different designs and then a back design that's central to all of them.
1: Huh.
0: And they're just all really cool looking. And the lady was like, let me get you a fresh six. She goes, I understand what you're trying to do. I got you. <laughs> so our bartender was super cool. Um, we spent a lot of money because we at that place because we tipped her really well. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for, at that point, for yeah. Doing that's we we tipped her service, super well. Yeah. We tipped her super well for that, yeah. Well, we also bought um it's a non alcoholic drink that it comes in, but we bought the um what's called their cliff dweller drink, which comes in their collectible porg cup. Mm-hmm. Uh so we bought the porg cups. That was like thirty five dollars right there for just that <laughs> drink My alcoholic drink was eighteen dollars. Damn. Uh and it was uh it was something called a Bespin Fizz. And what they did is they had one of those, it had this glass where at the bottom of the glass, it had a compartment that uh, had a strainer in between it and the glass that had dry ice in it. Oh, neat. So they pour pour the drink over into the glass and it makes this like smoky effect come off of the, the drink. So it was pretty cool. So very tasty too. Very alcoholic. <laughs> Very alcoholic. Very strong. At that
1: point, yeah. Oh, it better be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, well, what that was besides like
1: besides the hot, the Florida and Star Wars and all that stuff. Mm, excuse me. What else did you do while you were out?
0: Uh. So. Uh. We went to a castle in Indiana. Mm. Uh. Over the week. Over this past weekend. Uh. My. This past weekend was. Um there's a bed and breakfast out in indiana that is a castle uh it's called clayshire castle Mm -hmm. and they have a medieval fair ren fair kind of thing that they run two-day ren fair kind of thing and we were out there uh performing with natasha nick for archery so took took the trailer out there with horse slept in the trailer all weekend Got really cold on st- Saturday night, <laughs> uh, but we were warm. We we were warm because we were bundled up in all our sleeping bags and stuff, and right. uh, so that worked out nicely. But yeah, it was a it was a good weekend. Uh, like we just had you know good times, just going out there, hanging out with them. Cool. Um, just, so it was that was fun. Just and then just general life stuff, trying to make sure we trying to continue to move stuff over from the other house, get stuff. Situated at this house, trying to get stuff cleaned up over at the other house so we can start getting it painted and start getting it ready to be put on the market. Right, yes, and all that fun stuff. Yes, that's a lot so. of
1: work. It's good that you took that break, and you know I want to take a moment to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in to listen. Thanks for watching the AstroLab podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> no,
0: I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, lot, uh, man. that's a lot. Yeah, quite a bit going on. So, but uh, and then yeah. So uh, as far as magic is concerned, uh, I guess Midnight hunt- hunts out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just completely uh, missed that it. it was out now, and I I had to do my set reviews when I got back uh, for Legacy and Vintage, which there wasn't a whole lot for either format, thankfully. So.
1: Well, yet yeah, I mean. The the power level I think of the set is that that just right to maybe a tad pushed. Uh, it feels powerful because there's a lot of like low mana value or low mana cost spells. Uh, mm-hmm. But there there's some spells that are seeing some play like um, oh shoot what's that that blue spell oh yeah otherworldly gaze and,
0: yeah I saw I saw people have been talking about that as far as like dredge is concerned and I I
1: right. Like I was I, looking at because we have Delver Secrets and Standard and of course Historic and all that stuff because you could put the Delver Secrets trigger on the stack, cast this card, uh, and then manipulate top your library to get Delver to flip. But
0: yeah, it's the it's the brainstorm effect,
1: right? But it also says look at the top three cards of your library, so the cards that you're looking at are still considered in your library. So if you put them into the graveyard like your Narcomoebas and Creeping Chills their effects will still trigger. So yeah, that, that's kind of cool. I
0: I haven't really looked at any lists yet cuz I just haven't felt like it. Oh, I have uh, given
1: up on looking at lists. I just look at individual cards to see what they do. I, I don't care but, about
0: um lists. I know I know consider is seeing quite a bit of play mm-hmm. in Doomsday and Legacy. Uh people are talking about going up to like as many as almost 3 copies of the card. Wow! Uh, wow! And Three dude, copies.
1: That, that's man. They're they're being aggressive. Wow. There's really nah, no it's... room to grow from there, right? <laughs> oh, they, they can go four.
0: Yeah, they could, but it's it's an interesting card. Sure. Um, it does a lot of different stuff for certain piles that you want to make with the deck. So, yeah. um, but other than that, like I, there really isn't a whole lot. Like I thought maybe there might have been a little bit more, but like not really i think there was even more maybe even more for vintage than i had like pegged for like vintage play than i did for like legacy play and it was only because like oh here's a um what is the card cathar commando mm-hmm. like here's a card that is you know a human uh casali pride mage i oh, this could probably slot right into somewhere into a you know mono white humans build in vintage which does see play so you know, and it's relevant on tribe and stuff. So yeah, never know. And but then there's also like a green one too. Like <laughs> there's literally two Krasali Primages in the set, which is but and one of them's a werewolf. Uh, and they do exactly the same thing. Like it's literally just one sack, destroy target artifact or enchantment. That's wild. Um, Why So they... there's Cathar Cathar Commando and Outland Liberator. So um. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I it's neat. I um was hoping that at some point Champion of the Parish could do something in legacy because it would be cool to see like a zombie tribal deck with Aether Vile, like mm-hmm. uh how Humans has a deck, but that's going to be super fringe no matter what. So um I still want to play around with Faithful Mending. Yeah, in that, the format.
1: That's the next card I'm kind of looking at cuz Faithful Mending, not, like people are looking at that for like archaic Arclight Phoenix decks, along with uh, Adding Consider that we talked about. But they're oh, yeah, actually yeah, making yeah. waves into Esper Reanimator. Uh, I've even oh, seen yeah. some control lists uh, swapping out their ops for, ma- for Faithful Mending, because it costs two, so it gets around uh, the Chalice of the Voids that are showing up main deck. Plus it gains you life, right. so you don't need to worry about running like timely reinforcements anymore in the main deck as a singleton. You, you kind of get some life off this. What uh when these cards were start being previewed, like Faithful Mending and Consider, I looked at Faithful Mending, which for those who don't know, uh, is a one and a blue for an instant. You gain two life, draw two cards, and discard two. It's white
0: cars. white 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 and a blue. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sorry, white and a blue. Um and it has flashback of one white and a blue. Uh and I looked at that and I'm like, so the first time you cast this, you add three cards to your graveyard. So I'm like, hmm, Jace Friends Prodigy Foils. Buy all of these, so
0: I gotta play set of those. Uh so my my immediate thought for legacy uh purposes for this card went to went to the card replenish. Yeah. Uh because I wanna be able to like pitch like Shark Typhoon and (laughs) Yeah, and and then replenish it back into play. Which is a deck that's already that had already existed with standstill, Mm -hmm. but you relied on the cycling to get your stuff into the graveyard too much. So, I would like a discard outlet that uh, you can also pitch to Force. Yeah. Uh, so, that's that's kind of neat. Uh, and it's instant speed. So, I was looking at it. I was like, okay. So, I could pitch other enchantments that aren't just cycling enchantments mm-hmm. into the graveyard to get back with Replenish. Um, that may take it away from being a standstill deck. But I think that's fine. So, yeah, what? Uh, I... What oh, 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 oh. You could pitch... Oh my god! I didn't think about this. So it might still be a no. I don't know. So you could pitch um, Urza Saga into the graveyard oh, with this, and an then, re- and uh, then it replenish back. it back in the pool. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back three three Urza Sagas. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Lols. Um, no what's man. What's crazy is that
1: Modern Dredge is stretching its mana base um to really in my opinion unreasonable levels just to be able to try or, or play cards like Faithful Mending and um uh the card we just talked about that I already forgot the oh, name other, other, worldly gaze. other worldly gaze, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like I get it you're trying out new cards and luckily these are commons and uncommons so if they don't work out you can easily yeah. swap them out. But like stretching your mana base to add like steam vents and uh maybe Temple Garden and right. stuff Like that. In modern dredge It's like, like we, the one
0: I, the, uh, the one card I really, the one card I really like that I, I hope to, I want to see more of in, mm-hmm. in Legacy is uh, I I've, and I've already seen him show up in like one like lands like centric list is a uh, Slogurk the Overslime. Uh, so if you know Slogurk, sees a legendary creature. ooze it's uh one green and a blue. Is trample whatever a land is put in your graveyard from anywhere, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. You remove three plus one plus one counters from it and you return it to its owner's hand. But when it leaves the battlefield you return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand.
1: That's pretty
0: good. So so it, at bare minimum, if your opponent removes it, it's a loam.
1: Yeah.
0: Like that's like even if they so say they source the plashers, this thing. Wow,
1: land card land cool. putting your graveyard from anywhere.
0: So cool! Cool story. If your opponent Swords of Plot shares this, yeah. After you cast it, uh, you gain three life and you and you and you get a loam. Yeah, like that's 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 like the floor, and that's like still really good. So if you see the if you use this card as as like loam copies, like you know five through you know six or whatnot mm-hmm. of loam because it's legendary. Like. That's kinda cool. Like I I could and I've seen a couple lists that do it already. Like and this seems better for lands than Uro does. Because Uro is not as fantastic in lands. Because mm-hmm. there are because you are always interacting with your graveyard and you don't always want to uh escape cards oh, this will, out of your this graveyard. Will Uro. Like, sort of. Like you're not even really worried about the like you eventually you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna be like, Okay, I'm gonna play Slogurk. Uh, on your end step, on my a Karakasim, uh, and loam, right? Because it's when it leaves the battlefield, yeah. not dies. Yeah, it's so once you have Karakas in play and your your engine is going, you're just loaming with this thing. Like, and I think that's like the strength of it. Like, that's, it's just like, oh, that's stupid, you know. And 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 then if you ever get this to stick and make it bigger, mm-hmm. it has trample. Yeah, so it's got that evasion
1: on it. Yeah,
0: right. So you're like. Jeez. Oh man! Like if this ever just sticks, and they can't remove it, you're just winning that game. Like <laughs> it's it's just insane. Like so yeah, I, I, I'm kind of excited for that one. I'm that one seems super neat. Oh, wait. Uh, I, I'm,
1: I'm saying like we could blink this. Um, you, you mentioned in, uh, before we recorded you're playing uh, Historic Brawl. Who are you playing in, as your commander? Mm. Chulain.
0: Chulain. Yeah, I should probably put that in my deck. Yeah. Um, here
1: because truly really whenever you cast a creature yeah okay you, so the creature has to be cast it's not when it comes into play
0: yeah you draw and you put a oh, okay. you put a land into play so but but this. that would be kind of cool but but you can like put it back into your hand and loam if you need to sure. loam no like man
1: like isn't it great that you know here we have Slogger. he's one a green and a blue and he's a three three so three three for three mana. It's really great that Wizards is putting out good simic creatures. You know, they've not done that in <laughs> way uh, about that. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. At least this one's I ha- not
1: like busted like some of the others have done.
0: Yeah. I have seen Teferi show up in a couple like legacy controllers. Really? Which is kinda of yeah. I thought that was kinda of fun. I was like, Oh cool, it's Teferi, new Teferi. O- like over Jace. That's, uh, uh Jace is just like not good anymore. Like Like this is the sad part um, Cards like Teferi Time Raveler Exist
1: Well yeah we, we know that card's gas
0: And uh, you can't really Do much against With uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor If your opponent is doing stuff like Dragon's Race Channeler And and Ragavan And oh, You get rid of those Mer-
1: cards first then you play your
0: Jace You gotta try yeah, yeah. That's the problem All right, well, And it's just like Expressive iteration and blah 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 blah. Oh, man, that's a, Make, that's
1: a card people talked about. Like, uh, Do we really need this card? Expressive iteration. Well, well.
0: So I think what happens with expressive iteration is that Ragavan kind of uh, uh, exacerbates. Ex- like I think expressive iteration in a vacuum is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I think card is just just fine. But as soon as you add a card like Ragavan into the mix, suddenly it becomes fr- from fine to kind of broken. Yeah. Uh, because if you go turn one Ragavan. And you attack into them and you connect uh, and then you use the treasure in your land to cast expressive iteration. Uh, you're doing very good. <laughs> yep. So because then it doesn't matter if you hit a land, you can play <laughs> the land. Right. And that's like insane. so yeah, it, I think that's part of the problem is it, it also it, it's another card in legacy that's kind of problematic because Ragavan exists. so
1: yeah, because that that magical uh, Christmas land scenario you spoke of is that and then you express an iteration into a land uh dragon Rage Channeler and the card you want in your graveyard for Dragon Rage Channeler. you play, land, play uh, the land the
0: the third one goes on bottom.
1: Are, okay, yeah. But still, you play. You uh, you, you, want, you, have you want you in hand, so yeah. You, you, you want the
0: exact you know you want the exact scenario of I hit a wasteland.
1: I was thinking like, play your land, dragons rage, Chandler, play Mishra's bobble, but
0: yeah, no, no, you want to go ragavan into expressive iteration and then hit wasteland and waste them in the same turn. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that that'd be sweet so, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, like that's where it's kind of busted. You're like, "Oh, okay. It, and it Greece, <laughs>
1: we're talking about like the same essentially cycle of cards between modern and legacy. Like that's sort not it's not a problem, is it?"
0: Not, I don't know. Oh, I'm I don't, not sure. I, don't know. I still think it stays. Uh, oh, <laughs> that, that's
1: that's corporate number 1. It's kind of good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- a question though. I, I thought about this. and I know it's not on the notes, but something to talk about before we start talking about some of the recent uh, events for event news since Deathrite Shaman was banned in Legacy has Legacy always had this like I don't want to say upheaval but ha- has the format changed with each subsequent set with legal Legacy cards in it since Deathrite Shaman was banned
0: uh, I mean there was a brief period of time that that answer was no in that ar- ar- area but then War of the Spark came out. Okay, so... And then, and then, that was yeah. the Nexus event, cool. then. We had, we had a couple sets. Like, both Guilds of Ravnica and um, Ravnica Legions were arguably fine mm-hmm. for a Legacy. Like, I, I like that Guilds of Ravnica introduced Arclight Phoenix. Because yeah. Arclight Phoenix kind of became a cool, kind of fun, quirky thing to do in Legacy. Uh, and it's arguably, like, fine power level. But uh, War of the Spark definitely kickstarted things, and then of course, like we all know, how Throne of Eldraine went mm-hmm. with you know Oko and all that fun stuff. And Modern Horizons, really Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons Two, yeah, have been like the big events of upheavaling legacy. Uh, and honestly, th- through last year, through this past year, everything was fine up until Modern Horizons Two. Like even like from was it from last from last year. Onwards, like the core set was did nothing. The um, whatchamacallit, um, shoot, Zendikar Rising did really nothing, right? Per se, the only thing that really really occurred out of Kaldheim was Tybalt, and that was because of a rules change that needed to be made, right? Like, fixed right, it. yeah, right. So, but other than that, Kaldheim was pretty pretty stable as well. It was really just Modern Horizons, too, yeah, uh, you know, and.
1: Well, Strixhaven gave
0: a card, right? Strixhaven gave Expressive Iteration. Right. However, people were really, like, waffling on how many copies to run of Expressive Iteration. The answer's for, always like,
1: four.
0: Well, see, the thing is, it, the answer wasn't actually four during that, like, two months. Sure. Or whatever that they had the card or whatnot b- until Modern Horizons 2 came out. And then Ragavan just kind of said, okay. yeah, you play four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, they waffled a lot back and forth on, well, is it, it, do we play two copies? Do we play three copies? Do we play two copies? Like, and I saw lists that would do that. They were like, oh, I'm just going to play two copies, you know, and oh, I, I played three. Oh, I played four, but I really wanted to play three because, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And then Ragavan came out and was like, no, it's just correct to play four.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> just absolutely correct. So, but yeah, I, I think the Modern Horizon sets have been, like, the biggest. Like, massive upheaval, and unfortunately, you know, Delver, well, the Tempo Shell. We can't really say Delver, it's the Tempo Shell. Right, because Delver's being pushed out. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are cutting to two Delvers and like, Blue Red Delver. Yep.
1: It's crazy, I was talking to someone about this on Friday. Like, I kinda wonder what Modern would look like as a format if Pioneer came first, and mm-hmm. we added, like... Or, or if, like, the, the start points of uh, Modern was essentially Pioneer, where you had right. your Pioneer legal sets plus two essentially Modern Horizon sets, I think it would look quite a bit the same, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, without Fetchlands, but, you know, whatever. Or maybe with right, Fetch Fetchlands right. I don't know. But, yeah, just so many cards in the last two years and we're still not done with twenty twenty one and we have another standard set coming out that could yeah. impact these formats. Um
0: I think yeah. I think we're still gonna I think we're gonna be feeling the effects of modern Horizons two for quite a long time because there's okay. just so many cards.
1: Well before, like I think that's
0: just it there's just so many cards.
1: Oh yeah. Well before that set came out were we thinking that legacy formats like Legacy and Modern were quote unquote fine well, I didn't think Modern was fine, but were you thinking these formats were fine, or were we just finally, like, calming down from the effects of Modern Horizons 1?
0: Uh, I think they were still not somewhat fine, because Blue-Red Delver was still, like, the best deck. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but now, now that that our paradigm is the fact that the Jeskai deck is the best deck. Uh, it's the same tempo shell, but the Jeskai deck is the best deck. It's not Delver. Del- Delver's not the best deck. It's the Jeskai deck. Are, are they just adding right. white for swords? Uh, prismatic ending. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, because that card's really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, I mean.
1: What's happening in Modern right now, and I was ta- telling someone about this on Twitter, uh, about Chalice of the Void. We're starting to see Chalice of the Void main deck in decks that normally don't run Chalice of the Void. Yeah. It's essentially the Hogak problem all over again, where it's like, all right, well, Hogak exists, my deck list needs to start with four copies of Ley Line of the Void and 56 other cards. And that's a, that, that's what led to Hogak being banned. Well, even before Hogak was banned, they tried banning like Bridge from Below, and it's like, oh, that wasn't enough to stop the problem. Um, here we are again, where now decks that traditionally need one mana spells, like a blue white Control deck, are not running those spells or can't run those spells. And it's so bad that like there's a mono red Eldrazi deck out there running both Ragavan and Chalice in the same deck. And I'm like, if this doesn't highlight the problem, I, I don't know what does. So
0: mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. So Well But I we
1: we will find a way to make sure that they are aware of the problem. And it won't be through Twitter. That's all I'm going to say at the
0: moment. Uh, no, it'll probably be through Magic Online uh, event ed- ed- attendance, honestly. Well, oh, what we need to do, Joe, is like me... No, you, it, it's more than likely going to be through event
1: attendance. Me, you, and 62 other people need to make 75-card basic land decks and all register until a Modern Challenge and just see which one that runs basic lands... Wins and have all our <laughs> decks posted, just like they did with Popper to get uh, China Storm finally banned. Um,
0: yeah, I think the thing is, is like w- what's more likely to happen is people will just not show up for challenges. Yeah, uh, and that's just as good because that uh, cuts into their bottom line. And as soon as they start seeing someone's cutting into their bottom line, they will they will start investigating why.
1: Well, I mean, so, one of my big issues... And, and, and
0: we're, already, we're already seeing it. Legacy, the Saturday challenges have not fired for the past two weeks. Oof. But those also happen at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, Eastern time.
1: Yeah.
0: Or whatnot, because they're meant more for, like, the European and, like, the Asian crowd. And, uh, like, the, like, the Eurasia, like, time zones and stuff, like, they're meant more for them. But, like, it's kind of early in the morning to get up if you want to try and get up and do it. Like, it's, it's, like, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Like
1: Yeah, that's even early uh, for, like, the chunk of Legacy players that are up in the northeast of the U.S.
0: Right. So, like, and that's, like, a big chunk of players. Yeah. So, because, I mean, Legacy's pretty popular in the northeast of the U.S., so. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, um, yeah. Y- you know, my other big issue with Modern Rises, too, is you take a look at a deck like Jund, Right you've been playing Modern a long time, or if you've been at least getting like, stuff from the reprint sets, you could feasibly put together Jund. It's going to cost a bit still. But once Modern Horizons 2 came out, you had uh, Urza Saga, Ragavan, Dragon's Rage Channeler, Unholy Heat. Like, already right there, it's 16 cards that you now have to, if you are wishing to play these cards... You don't have to. No one is telling you to. Whatever these quote-unquote results are, are not necessarily like the end-all, be-all, etched in stone. So you now have 16 cards that you just bought or invested in years ago or whatever that you now... Where do they go? What You just sit them on your desk? Do you put them right. in a frame and hang them on the wall? Like, the whole yes, point of yes. Modern was to invest in cards or a deck and gradually add or change to it over time. And now, like, 16 cards is a lot. That That's changing an entire archetype. Um, so, I, I don't know. And plus, some of these cards, t- with how expensive they are, yeah, you could almost afford, like, other decks with that the amount you would spend on just those four cards, not even counting Mishra's Baubles if you don't have them. Uh, right. You know, and not even counting sideboard cards like Endurance and all that. You know that's money you could just put into building another deck. So yeah, this is this is getting out of hand quick, and uh, I can't wait to collect my receipts once again. When I tell y'all, I told you so. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, so we have some event news.
1: Oh, you mean like FNM?
0: No, like actual big events. What? So, I know it's crazy, right? Insane, right? People, people so- are actually playing Magic: The Gathering in Flesh and Blood. <laughs> cute. Yeah, so yeah, we did have that event. That was a yeah. That was a thing that did occur. We did have the Flesh and Blood event, uh, which was kind of kind of interesting. Um, but we did have. So we had the Flesh and Blood event in vegas Mm -hmm. uh apparently that was relatively successful uh and from from what i all i heard about is that it was well run uh everybody seemed to be safe Mm -hmm. uh there was not much issues uh so uh of course uh channel fireball announced uh we're getting a mtg las vegas event it's not a gp it's not a magic fest it's just a an event Yep. Uh, there's a Modern main event. And I think there's, like, a sealed event. Yeah, it's, like, Modern like a, Limited.
1: I don't know if it's sealed or draft,
0: but, yeah. They, it's It was a Crimson Vow sealed main event as yeah, well. Yeah, they announced
1: this without uh, having a judge staff ready before making the announcement. Brilliant!
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so that that's, that's coming. Uh, I think that was one... Was that one that said they required vaccinations?
1: Uh, yeah, they they came yeah. out. I I think essentially what they did is like their flesh and blood was their test pilot. Um, I mean, this is assuming that Channel Fireball is in cahoots with Flesh and Blood because obviously they have no financial stake in this other new game that popped up out of nowhere that their content creators been promoting all through the pandemic. Anyway, um. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think they're using the blueprint and what they learned from that event for this. And yeah, you know what? probably. Good, good for them. There are people that are ha- happy, in my opinion. I think uh, impatience is getting in our way. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people within the Magic community who are doing the, the right thing, being vaccinated, masking, all that stuff. But I, I really think we could wait on this. We don't need... Big events right now. We the game and community has survived all this time without a big event. We can wait a little longer, probably, yeah, na- probably another year, to be honest. But you know what? Kudos to them. I just hope everybody's safe. I hope no one does anything dumb. Um, you know, and, and just just follow the rules and hell, just just go get vaccinated, people. Really, I'm just I'm tired of talking about this subject. To be honest, just go fucking get vaccinated. Uh, and, and go talk to your doctor. And, well, go get a primary doctor, one. Then, number two, talk to them about it. Then make sure you vet that doctor before actually going to them, to be honest. But just go get vaccinated, because then the virus won't have a chance to mutate
0: anymore, and we can move on. So, um, uh, it's also worth noting that uh, right on the hot on the heels of this announcement uh, SCG con that we knew was coming, Mm -hmm. came out and finally said, yeah, so, uh, we want you to be vaccinated as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It turns out when peer pressure (laughs) turns out, peer pressure works. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we did have, um, and it's funny. So we got these events coming up. Mm -hmm. SCG con and, uh, and, and MTG Las Vegas, but you want to know what you want to know who got there first, and the first largest event of the of the year so far. You mean there was someone else who
1: uh, has made their legacy uh, <laughs> for returning to a live paper? Yeah.
0: Event? So kudos to the Legacy Pit guys mm-hmm. for hosting a three hundred and fifty player event, uh, which is basically the largest paper event that we've had so far. Yeah, in the United States, uh, and. Um. So, there was a little bit of notion going around on Twitter and Reddit that so they did they did not require vaccinations, but they did have masking policy right. and whatnot. But there was some like I guess some like theoreticalness that somebody caught COVID there. However. When they actually investigated it a little further, they found that the person in question who posted about it had been at several other large events in the the previous week, right? And didn't didn't start showing symptoms until like the Monday after the event. The event took place on a Saturday, and they started showing symptoms on Monday. Yeah, which meant that they weren't exposed at the actual event. Like they found out that they had been at other events throughout that week before mm-hmm. or whatnot. And I I I have to mention it because I felt really really bad for the dude who was put on blast on the fucking Reddit thread. Yeah. Uh, of being oh you know the dude across from me diagonally was coughing and it's his fault I got COVID. Nah nah man it wasn't his fault you got COVID you went somewhere else and you got it. Stop with that you know it's dumb. like right. Yeah like don't put that dude on blast and so a couple of people said it's like dude he had asthma. He had an affidavit, you know, a doctor's note, you know, thing stating he had asthma because he needed to be able to show it to the judge staff in case anybody questioned it. Right. You know, he literally went and got all the his ducks in order because because like oh he was popping cough drops and stuff he was sick no he was fine he was just asthma like right. you know and yes you know cough drops are not just for you know. Uh, when you're sick, you know, even if you have asthma, you know, heavy asthma and it's your coughing because of it, it helps so- soothe, soothe your throat. Yeah. Right, right. So I felt bad for that guy. I felt bad for that dude being put on blast. Well, it's I like, mean,
1: eh. Reddit is awful. And gar- Reddit is where yeah. you go if you are on 4chan, but then you turn 18, so you just move on to Reddit.
0: Uh, now, I got I give kudos to the, um, the Legacy Pit guys because mm-hmm. they really handled it very well. Uh, so they, they handled it with the professionalism that I have come to expect from Travis and his crew. Uh, and I give good props to um, them for running an event where they were really anal about the, you know, whole, like, mask policy thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they were super anal about it. Good. And I, I give them props for that because, like, Ryan Freeburger, uh, one of their ju- their head judge uh great guy uh runs great events so yeah i i I, i'm happy for them i'm happy that they were able to have their event and have it work out and if all that walks away from this is one person who thinks they caught covid there or whatnot that's a win in my book yeah like like yeah when when
1: exposure like that is that small on that level yeah i mean grant we're only talking like if you count like judge staff and any vendors we're talking what maybe four hundred people tops,
0: at so, least, and, and so. we're talking about
1: just people there, not anybody they may have been within six feet of in that hotel, right? For right. whatever.
0: So right now, there were some issues with the hotel apparently. Oh boy! <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, talking with our, our good our mutual friend Steve mm-hmm. uh, Sizemore, uh, he he definitely had some issues. Uh, both him and Logan uh, went out there for the event. And, uh, you know he had some issues with the hotel. They attempted to uh give away their room, yeah it sounded like with like their stuff still in it, like they assigned their room to a different and then deactivated their car their room cards. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, um. Rob Wilson uh, came back with, like, bites, like, well, like what he thought might have been bed bug bites. Hmm. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> so, it sounded like there were a lot of issues with the venue. Uh, it sounded based on uh, the conversation with the Legacy Pit guys, and uh, a couple of things I saw is that they will not be using that venue ever again.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't blame
0: it was the Clarion Center, uh, Choice Hotels in uh, Frederick, Maryland.
1: See, that that's what you put on blast. You put that business yeah. on blast because, yeah. you know, for all of us to have gone through this waiting period, regardless of how long the individual waits before they feel safe to go back to a big event like this or Origins, which is coming up, or Gen Con, whatever. Um, if you have a bad experience out of the gate going back to these events, yeah, you are blacklisted. I'm sorry. Like, there should be zero tolerance. If there's this whole, well, we don't have enough staff. That ain't a me problem. You need to go out and hire more. You need to offer better pay. You need to find ways to incentivize yeah, people think, to get um, in. Yeah, I think. Like,
0: I think, I think, I think that's the thing. Is like, um, especially bed bugs. Oh, it's so it's so weird to like be going back to doing this kind of stuff and then ha- and y- being so worried about like covid right but then like uh realizing that you have to be remember to be worried about simple stuff like bed bugs and Mm -hmm. you know a bad hotel experience at the same time (laughs) it's so strange like so but yeah so i mean i know that they're planning a different event uh a a new event um at some point uh i'm looking forward to it Um, Mm i'm hopefully that they'll be able to do things uh we did have uh, uh one other event though did get canceled yeah, uh, the, I, I the, feel
1: bad for this guy. I really. Yeah,
0: do. yeah, yeah. Jeremy Aronson, uh, Missouri MTG, uh, canceled his 100K event that was supposed to take place here in October. Uh, he's in Missouri. And, Things are not so th- good this, in Missouri. This was rescheduled and then canceled. Right? Yeah, it was rescheduled. It was rescheduled twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, or, or no, at least once. Yeah. No, it was rescheduled at least once. It was supposed to take place in April, and then it got rescheduled to October, <sighs> and then it was canceled. Um so and I, I feel bad for the guy cuz he he's he's gotten a lot of like meh, 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 even though he personally reached out to everybody and processed their refunds all while apparently battling a case of covid himself
1: yeah
0: uh, so uh, shout out to german i hope he gets better cuz i mean jesus uh, but you know it's like you know it sucks. Like I, I would, I would hate to be. I I just don't understand why somebody would be like, man, you suck, and I hate you, hate you for ruining my. No, dude, like, right. read the room, read the room, and de- and understand that he's doing this because he really had no choice. Yeah. And um, he just he just didn't have the choice to do it. So and I mean Missouri's not a great place to be right now in that regards. And what place is what place isn't. But, you know, it's it's kind of bad there. And I, I feel bad for it, like I said. But I do want to give a, a cool shout out is that one of the options that he had in terms of processing refunds is like, hey, you know, you can either take your refund or if you really feel like you can bend the money, uh, we can make donations to the CDC Foundation. And after all was said and done, after he processed all like 500, 600, refunds or whatnot, uh, they had raised $10,000 to donate to the CDC Foundation. Hey, how
1: about that? That's awesome. So
0: go, go, legacy players. Like, yeah, go, right. go, 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 legacy community for just like being like super fucking awesome in that regard. So I uh, give, give them some props. Like, that's super cool. Well,
1: um, uh, I, I know it's not on the docket, but uh, or, or not Origins, Gen Con also happened. Yes. Uh, recently, and, yeah, I
0: heard about that.
1: Uh, there was it, it felt like it was like calf attendance. I think is what I heard. Mm. There's been no real severe, at least known of, issues with COVID or people catching COVID. Mm. Uh, I think there was an artist who uh, confirmed positive for COVID, but he was already vaccinated, right. and it was it was mild or whatever. But still, the fact that he caught it. Um, or, or at least tested positive after the event, you know, it was at least something to note. But, man, uh, you know, masking was going on. People were going around making sure that people had it masked up properly or were escorted out of the building. Right, right. Um, what's crazy is the fact that Gen Con is held in Indiana, and what state is uh, banned mask mandates?
0: Yeah. Indiana? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, like...
0: However, so we, however, they still won't open their McDonald's dining rooms past, like, 9 o'clock. Right. Go <laughs> figure. We, f- we figured that out. Yeah. Yeah, but no, uh,
1: no, seriously, folks, like, sure, these things are coming back, and yes, we do have F&M. Like, uh, I've been wearing my mask, one out the F&Ms. Like, once... Uh, it's been a couple months, but once like the whole Delta variant thing like started really picking up steam and we started seeing the numbers and the spikes, I'm like alright, gotta get used to wearing this fucking thing again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. like just, You know, go watch the Family Guy PSA about this. Uh, that that just nails it 100%.
0: Right. And,
1: and it's also funny and you know, uh, oddly enough here's Seth MacFarlane Using something that's part of Fox to talk about something people should be doing that Fox News questions, you know, all the members of that are vaccinated. Yeah. It's just, it's, when you really think deep about it, it's like, wow, this is so ironic that he's, like, doing this and it's been cleared and okayed by the same people who put out all the disinformation and bullshit. So...
0: Uh, so yeah, that's that's about it on events and stuff. Yep. Um, I am not going to anything like any of these events. Like, I'm certainly not going to SCGCon because I'm not uh, qualified for the uh, invitational.
1: Yeah, that's um, the only one that actually ties to any like other event, right? Like the Las Vegas one. There's there's no you win this and go on to something else. It's a standalone no, event.
0: No. No, uh, but the prices pricing looked pretty good for that, so yeah. I'm not going out to Vegas though. I, I oh, blew no. my vacation for the year, so. Yeah. Uh, but maybe at some point, uh, I'll, well, I'll, make I'll it eventually up to go Vegas. to something like this. Like, I'll eventually be yeah. out of
1: my stupid credit card debt and go to like a Vegas or go to an SCG con or something or whatever. Right, but right. it's going to be we're talking like two three years before I can even feasibly think of something like that. Right, um, and that's assuming I'd still be interested at that point.
0: So. Right here, yeah, before we uh, talk about the marketplace stuff, uh, something else I wanted to mention because I yeah. thought it was kind of funny. Okay, is uh, I found a, a a new meme deck in Legacy.
1: Oh boy! Here to, we go to play
0: to play, uh, and, it, and it's exceptionally meme. Uh, so this deck is uh, an Aether Vile deck that plays a bunch of, of like Changelings and a bunch of disparate like creature types uh so the the deck uses cards like uh magda uh the um the dwarf from kaldheim okay uh so it's the one that says uh whenever a dwarf uh becomes tapped uh you create a treasure token uh and so you can sacrifice treasures and go get an artifact or or dragon like, card, yeah. Or a dragon card and put it into play. Uh, so you go find blade steel. Uh, yeah, or um platinum imperion. Oh yeah, which yeah. Is which is the the card that the deck actually uh wants to go find. Uh, I was trying to find the list here because it's uh, I have it, but it's I was I didn't have it saved in my lists on um goldfish for some reason. I, I
1: played against that commander.
0: Uh, but one of the kind of the f- stupidly fun things that it does is it has this whole concept of you play the card uh, Dwarven Recruiter.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So so Dwarven Recruiter is literally Goblin Recruiter, but for dwarves. Yeah. This is literally.
1: Invade? Or no, from Odyssey, right?
0: Yeah, that's literally all it is. It's literally just uh, that. It's it's a um, it's a deck it's a card that puts all you put any number of dwarves and you put them on top of your library <laughs> and that's it this is, that's all it does it's it's literally goblin recruiter for dwarves, um, but basically what you do there is you put all of your changelings mm-hmm. on top of your library, and then you activate Grist the Hunger Tide's plus one, which mills sees an insect mills season insects. You mill all of your in- all of your changelings, you put a boatload of insects into play, and you put a billion loyalty counters on Grist. <laughs> so the next turn, you get to attack with all these one ones you made, and then you get to alt Grist and kill them. It- it's so goofy. And this is just one of the ways this deck wins. Another way that this deck wins is that you put cards like Valiant Changeling into play, which is a 3-3 double strike. Uh, but it's a changeling or whatnot. You can all and you're also putting cards like um uh like feline sovereign. Feline sovereign, you know, gives other cats you control plus one plus one and protection from dogs. <laughs> and then, you know, it whenever whenever you can, one or more cats you control deals combat damage to player, you destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So it gives you like a a, a, a shatter effect. Mm-hmm. A disenchant effect you also have realm walker to be able to like churn through your library mm. and it's just legitimately funny to play all these like stupid ass like um lands like yeah. haven of the spirit dragon and ally encampment and nice. stupid stuff like that uh swarm yard Swarmyard is hilarious because oh, all yeah. of your change all of your changelings are insects, rats, spiders, or squirrels.
1: <laughs> See, it's a shame that these insects, when they come into play, uh, aren't also artifacts, because then you could uh, sacrifice them to time sieve to take another turn and then yeah. kill them. You have to wheel the turn back to the opponent in order to get it back. But
0: one really, really super fun uh, thing I uh, um, interaction I found with this deck is that it plays Moth Dust Changeling. So Mothas Changeling is the blue changeling for a one-one. If you tap on tap creature you control, it gains flying until end of turn. Mm. Magda says uh, whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, you create a treasure token. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can use Mothda's changeling on your on like your opponent's end steps to tap like Magda and to tap itself to create treasures. <laughs> and that is one of the ways the deck wins. It wins by just like creating enough treasure with Magda mm-hmm. to put Platinum Empyrean into play. Uh, but you can also like cast Pyre of Heroes, which is the uh, the the colorless birthing pod. But it only lo- works looks for creatures that share a creature type. Well, when you're playing a bunch of changelings, <laughs> everything you you can fetch everything with it. You can even fetch Grist with a changeling. <laughs> That's pretty good. So yeah, so it's kind of dumb. Uh, but deck is kind of adorable. I did get to do the thing at least once. Uh, where I put the, a bunch of change links on top and I got to uh, plus one grist and it felt ridiculous. Uh, I was like, okay, this is this is kind of a super fun meme deck. Uh, and, and then I've also been between playing Madness, playing that, and I've also been back to uh, playing Legacy Enchantress a little bit. And uh, Legacy Enchantress actually seems kind of good right now, which is weird like to say that, but it has had a couple top eights in the past couple months in some of the challenges, and I think it's actually a good deck right now.
1: Yeah, actually and I was looking at um, I feel like Solitary Confinement was like pretty cheap. Uh, and that's Modern Legal, because it came out in Modern Horizons
0: 2. So <laughs> yeah, it, speaking of that, I may have purchased uh, some some cards for um, Modern Enchantress today.
1: Nice. Cause <laughs> so. I, I mean, if you're wanting to build a deck that nobody expects... Uh, except someone who has a couple copy a couple foil copies of Tempest of the Light waiting for it, like this guy. Um, yeah, build yourself an Enchantress deck. Uh, you know, you may still get hit a couple times with the Ragavan or whatever, but once you uh, pillow fort up, you know you, you're not going to be able to be stopped unless they counter your spell. Because those Ragavan decks, uh, unless they're running green of some sort, uh, really don't have a way to deal with enchantments. Um, that's
0: what that's what uh on ice is for. hmm Yeah yeah, I mean that's that's they they play ragavan you just on the ice it. So uh, assuming
1: that they're running it. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, oh run. no no you you're gonna play you know if you're playing oh uh, you're gonna uh, play on ice yeah, yeah yeah if yeah. you're if you're playing enchantress you're definitely playing on the ice yeah, yeah yeah you're you're that's for sure. you're, you're playing yeah. for sure yeah yeah so the the cool card that I found out of the, the legacy version that's been a lot of fun and really tweaks people a little bit is paladin class uh so paladin class is the white cl- one of the white classes it's like a one drop uh, thalia yeah it's yeah spells your opponents cast during your turn costs one more to cast. Uh, and then, like, I actually have leveled it up to three, uh, because you make a ton of mana in Enchantress, and that's just kind of the thing the deck does, so I have actually leveled it up, but they're on, they're on playing, you know, Ch- Enchantress Presence, you know, uh, Enchantress, and now Sithus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, they're playing four Sithus main now in these Enchantress lists in Legacy, uh, and the card seems really good. Sweet. Um... It's a kind of a lightning rod for removal, uh, a little bit. Like, so people will attempt to remove it, and sometimes you'll get a get a trigger out of it. Sometimes you won't, but uh, it's still pretty good. But they're they're real. The version that I found is really working is the um, what they call Witch House, which is a um, a Living Wish build. So it plays a living plays for Living Wish, and you have a sideboard that's just like a bunch of different like creatures and lands. Mm-hmm. That are just good in general, uh, and you can living wish for for things uh, as you want to go through as you go through the deck. Uh, I built, I beat like Death and Taxes uh, by putting um, living wishing for a Doomake Giant and putting a Make Giant into play and just like yeah. killing all killing all their creatures with Doomake Giant. You can living wish for Grist, uh, which is goofy uh, You can living wish for Solitude Endurance. Uh, Wismare, like, all sorts of stuff. Obviously, you can Living Wish for the, the... the. This is what I like about this, is like, if I were to ever build this in paper or, ever again, I would feel better about it, because it only plays two Sarah Sanctum.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, and it plays one in the main and one in the sideboard for Living Wish. Because you can Living Wish for a Sanctum. Right. Which is kind of cool. And, of course, you can Living Wish for Emrakul to just, you know, end the game. Yeah, you wanna, yeah and that, if, that's if you what want I to have, commonly see is yeah, if you want to end the game that way, that's fine. But you can also just like cast Destiny Spinner and like turn all your lands into big fucking creatures and just smack them in the face, right? So because that card's just absolutely absurd. That's such a weird <laughs> card,
1: though, man. Because you look at it, and this is what I think. Theorists beyond death is when this mm-hmm. card came out. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, it's like your lands become elemental creatures. Where their power and toughness is based on the number of enchantments you control, so it's the the power and toughness of the lands aren't based, are based are based on something that seems completely untied to the lands you're attacking with and the creature that's activating these lands. It just it's such a bizarre card.
0: It's cool. I like yeah. it a oh, lot. I, yeah, oh no, yeah. It's yeah. pretty sweet. I mean, yeah.
1: Plus, <laughs> creatures and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. So it's yeah, like, it's a Gaia's
0: Anthem for, you know, or, or a Gaia's Herald for Creatures and Enchantments, which is really good when you need to force through, like, a removal spell, like, Cast Out, or, like, Onthin Ice, or... Right. Uh, I've also had people just completely not know how to interact with Onthin Ice, uh, because they don't realize that it's a uh, it's a banishing light effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, like, so I had a game where, like, somebody used a Skyclave Apparition, to exile my Enchantress's Presence whatnot. When I had a Onthin Ice on the board uh, on one of my lands that was uh, had exiled a Spirit of the Labyrinth, when they should have just Skyclave Apparitioned the Onthin Ice, right, got back can... their sp- Spirit of the Labyrinth is a pain in the ass to deal with for that deck.
1: Well, yeah, but they would have just gotten back Oh yeah, they will have gotten back the Spear of the Labyrinth. Yes. And then if you get rid of their apparition, you just have a one one. Right, That's instead of getting anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, instead of getting a three three, like you would get off the Enchantress's presence. Right. Yeah. So I was like I was like that felt right the wrong play. And it definitely was. And yeah. mm. <laughs> mm. so I, I think people just don't realize that the card is basically just a, a an or a banishing light effect. Right. They just kind of forget it's there or something. I don't know, but um, playing cast out is kind of fun too. Uh, I did get to resolve choke <gasps> against against somebody. Uh, right. So I had so I had get to resolve choke against uh, a um, a blue player, and it was like I they had stoneforge mystic play it's stoneforge mystic for. Like Cauldra, or whatnot, and I cast choke, and then I anthanize their, <laughs> their their stone ward, <laughs> and they were just like scoop, <laughs> yeah, not <Interesting laughs> like, n- not winning this game, yeah. So the de- the deck goes like super long though, like it's always fun to watch players who play like super slow against enchantress mm. when you're like your whole turn is cast a bunch of spells, draw a bunch of cards, pass, right. Cast a bunch of spells, draw a bunch of cards, pass, and they're just like, f- to- like five to ten minute turns, like, in the tank, trying to figure out how to beat you, or whatnot, and and, and spinning their wheels, casting this spell and that spell and removal, and and you're just like, just play magic, speed through my turn, pass, and they're like,
1: right,
0: crap, and then you look like, you're into like game three, and they've got like. Three minutes on the clock and you've got like sixteen, <laughs> and, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're
1: like, <laughs> you are <laughs> chess mastering that game. For sure. This
0: this game is like that the deck just wants to go long. That's that's basically what it does. Yeah, so super funny. Yeah. So you had on the docket just real quick to yeah. before we wrap up talk about I guess CFB marketplace is a thing.
1: Yeah, we we've heard about this for a while. Where
0: um, yeah, CFB was I can remember this selling
1: singles. And yeah, they're, they're going to create their own essentially digital storefront to compete with uh, TCG Player, mm. and no shade against what TCG Player has offered, but man, just some of the car- like I got some cards today, and they were not—they were just cards for casual or old standard decks. So they weren't like expensive cards or whatever, mm. but like how they were packaged, like they were put in top loaders. And there are two top loaders, and then uh, they print the invoice, put the two top loaders down, then taped these two top loaders to the invoice, sealed it up into an envelope, and shipped it. You're hmm. not going to get that. At least I hope not. Based on how everybody's promoting the CFP marketplace, you shouldn't be getting that because right. people who do that either have maybe a single storefront and don't go to events or are like doing this out of their house. Um, cause what they're, what they're doing is they're, le- they're actually doing vetting on these people want to sell through C- uh, CFB marketplace to make mm. sure they're actually legit vendors. And I hope there's no more poor packaging on orders. Cause this is getting absurd. Like you don't want to have to pry the tape away after you get your package out because then you can wind up bending or damaging the cards even if it's in the top loader you could still wind up bending that top loader bending your card um right it's just like no one should have to get uh a box cutter to like get your <laughs> cards out of a package it's stupid it's it's real simple folks you go to walmart you get a um uh, a bubble mailer which has some lines on it in the upper left for your address and in the middle for the address where you're sending it to fill that out correctly put the card or cards you're sending if they're multiple cards put them in a the team bag backed by a top loader or if it's a couple cards just put them in uh, a dragon shield sleeve maybe double sleeved. put them in a the top loader use scotch tape to tee the uh, seal the top of the top loader so In the event that there's water damage, it can't get in there. Put it into the bubble mailer with or without an invoice up to you. Seal it, stamp it, and send it. It's that fucking simple. And how these people jump through these hoops to make sure they're sending in plain white envelopes is beyond bonkers. You're doing way too much work. Like, if the average wage of a worker should be $15 an hour... You are wasting money by folding and taping to the invoice and trying to get everything into a plain white envelope to save money on shipping. Because that money you're, quote, saving on shipping and shipping products, you're burning in labor. So stop it. Just just absolutely stop it.
0: You heard right here. Stop it. But anyway. Anyways. All right. So I think we should probably wrap up because there's just... Not a whole lot else going on.
1: Yeah, there's not with magic. It, it, this is, I, you know, I, this is kind of a short show, uh, which is fine. And at the moment, like a third of it was you talking about vacation. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Which, which is cool. I mean, you know, 15 year anver- wedding anniversary. Hell yeah, man, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you did a lot of stuff, and uh hopefully, if you're following Joe on social media, you've seen a lot of the pictures. Uh, I'm glad you used your one of your lightsaber pictures for at least something on social media. So, <laughs> good to see you yeah, for that. looks sharp. Um, man, there's so much stuff out there that we could talk about. Like, I don't even know where Joe is on the What If series. I still haven't caught up on Star Wars animated stuff.
0: Um, I am. Um, we haven't watched today's episode yet. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah,
1: th- this one was pretty good. Uh, it it kind of. Jumps into it right
0: away, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, heard, yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't watched that one yet, but uh, we're, we'll, um, we'll catch up eventually.
1: What, what else has come out?
0: Um, I mean, there is uh, My Little Pony, a New Generation. Right, I
1: mean, I mention that that's that's definitely not something I will be watching. No offense, but I mean, it's, it's definitely not my bag. But you know, you are all over that. Um, yeah, we watched I,
0: We've watched it at least twice now.
1: Did you ever go to that store that I told you about that had all the My Little Ponies or whatever? Not,
0: not yet, not yet. Okay. Yeah, but my wife knew about it. Right, yeah, cool. so, but um, uh, no, we have at least watched it at least twice, and um, the music uh, definitely. I, 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 just, I, I got to give props to like the idea that they were able to create a compelling story and i mean yeah it's a little predictable mm-hmm. but at least it was compelling and fun to fun to watch and uh they also had just a solid voice cast um i just i i i, I dig the fact that um kimiko glenn is like this is like incredibly talented person uh, who not only, like, just, like, does, like, voice acting, but also sings really well, too. So it's like, yeah. Well, so
1: so is it better than the upcoming Super Mario Brothers voice cast?
0: God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> God, yes. I, I, I yeah, we're, we're not even going to go there.
1: Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, it was inevitable that they were going to try and reboot that franchise. At, at least it's going to be animated and not live-action. Um yeah, I I have repressed memories of the Lions <laughs> Brothers movie saw exactly one time. Um but no, like uh there there's there's stuff coming up that we're definitely gonna hit on. Like um the uh Book of Bubba Fett series is coming, the Hawkeye series is coming up. Uh
0: Doom Doom Patrol season three.
1: Yeah, you're you're definitely in on that.
0: Um oh, I'm so, only like I'm only like Two and a half episodes in. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way so, Home
1: is going to be coming up by uh, the end of the year. Are you sure about e- that? <laughs> uh, is there talk about delaying
0: it? No, no. I, I'm I'm sure that we won't e- we won't even get a second trailer until the movie's out. Mm. <laughs> well, I thought they the uh, second trailer recently. Did, did they? Did they today or yesterday or something? Oh, I a look. few
1: more Easter eggy type stuff that people uh, are on, but I'm like. Eh.
0: Like, yeah, I just know that, like, it was, like, people were like, well, are we going to get another trailer? Or are we going to get another trailer? I'm like, fam, we're going to get another trailer when the movie comes out. Or like, do you
1: need another trailer? Not really. Like, you know, uh, the hype yeah. is already maxed out, right? Like, we're just waiting on the movie. And um, Shang-Chi is still, like, uh, a good movie as far as, like, box office income and things like that. So... You I know. need
0: to get. To, I need to see that yeah. still. So.
1: While things definitely are not back to how they were in the before times, steam is building up, so to speak. So
0: right, right. But anyway, sorry. All, right, all right, so let's uh, let's uh, wrap this episode up uh, by having Scott tell everybody where they can find him on the internet, and we'll go from there. Uh,
1: if you need to reach out to me to uh, disagree with anything I've said during this show, or actually agree with me. Uh, you can reach me at MTG Packfoils both on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I'm with baseball season over I, I may start writing again. I've kind of, I'm still not happy with Modern Horizons 2 but I've kind of calmed down from my initial take to be constructive. So maybe, but you know the the desire to create just right now outside of this, just us talking and hanging out is not there. So I'm sorry for those who read my articles but I hope to return soon. However, Joe writes like a million words
0: per yeah. per
1: week. Uh, Joe, where can people find your work and reach you on social media?
0: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at VorathXP. You can also find uh, my articles every Tuesday and every Thursday at MTG Goldfish, This Week in Legacy and Vintage 101. And you can also find the cast at the Astrolab Cast at on Twitter and the Astrolab Podcast at gmail.com. And I believe that brings us to the end. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Um, Hopefully get back into like a regular swing of things. Uh, We're still moving stuff. So we'll see. So soon is all I can say. When will that be now? When will that? Yep. All right. So uh, thanks again and have a great night, everybody.
1: Bye.